0: good evening and welcome to talking true crime so this is a live update i'm very hopefully soon going to be joined by peter folding peter folding is just to remind you specialist group international he is the ceo of the. they go up and down the country work with police forces let me be very clear about peter peter is a friend of mine i've known peter for a very long time and in fact i was with him Uh, only last week last thursday at the launch of his book he's come under a lot of criticism wrongly so peter devotes his life to help people i've worked with peter on a number of investigations now and on each and every occasion peter has been utterly professional devoted himself with total sympathy to the families and very often at no cost uh, the he covers the cost himself he has a permanent team on standby working with police forces up and down the country and the criticism that's being given to him is utterly unfair this is a man who's not uh, you know he's not a television presenter he's not there to give interviews what he has tried to do is to support the family he's gone up there to help the family at their request And worked very closely with the police. He is one of the best. He's got all the equipment, uh, far better equipment than the police have had. And that's just simply because of resources uh, and the commitment that the police have put to particularly underwater searching over the last decade. Really, most police forces no longer have an underwater search facility, but he provides that. And up and down the country, he provides, presumably in the south of England, but he provides that to police forces when they call him in to recover bodies from the water. So that criticism is unduly, it's unfair, and it's without any, any foundation at all. Peter has found himself under the spotlight, uh, understandably so. You know, he's gone up to a massive story, and of course he's going to be asked questions, but those people have been critical of him. I'd ask you to stand back and say, what have you done to help? Peter has put himself on the line. He's gone out there with his team at his own cost. And his office, his people that work for him here are brilliant. You know, they're mainly all ex-military, but they're fantastic. So let's just get that very clear. Anybody wants to criticize Peter, then I think it's utterly unfair. He's doing all he can to try and support the family using his expertise. Let's move on. So the current situation with the police from a press conference they gave yesterday from Superintendent Riley, who is the face of the investigation. We know that it's being led by a senior investigating officer and for those people that don't understand. So that's an officer who's been through the uh, senior investigating officer's course to deal with critical incidents, murders, uh, and will come from a detective background. So they are leading it. They're not the face of it, but they are leading it and they are directing where those inquiries come from. And they'll be running daily policy books, looking at all those avenues. So those people are suggesting it, it isn't being looked at by detectives and CID are wrong. They are all over this. But Superintendent Riley is the face of it. And more often now, police forces do bring a face to front to the media because it's a big it's a big job it's a you know it's a high profile job but it also you have to be in a way part of the inquiry but also detached from it so that you you know you, you're in a position where you can give information but obviously not all of the information because there'll be information that needs to be kept back so superintendent riley is the face of it she gave a press conference yesterday let's listen to the first point that she made which was very clearly to say that they believe that she has fallen in the water and that it isn't a suspicious investigation
1: Our work around the search of the river and the riverbank continues and this includes many pieces of different technical equipment including sonar, pole cameras, drones, underwater drones and so on as well as specialist dogs. As I said on Friday the river is a complex area to search it's not a still water it's a fast-flowing, moving water that is tidal in parts. And as acknowledged by some of the many national search advisors and experts that we've been consulting throughout, this makes it particularly complex. We have already discounted particular areas of the river, but as they are tidal, we have researched them to ensure that nothing has been washed back into those search areas. This is why you may see some areas already searched being researched for no other reason than it is tidal. We have six people searching the riverbanks every day. These are specially trained search officers who are very experienced both in missing people inquiries and in other inquiries who are systematically and methodically searching the riverbank and the open ground. We also have a number of divers from the regional underwater search unit and they are working with SGI and the other partners that I have mentioned to search the river itself. Throughout this investigation, as I've said, we remain fully open to any information Any information that is credible and factual to try and trace Nicola and bring answers for her family but it does remain our belief that Nicola sadly fell into the river and that this is a missing person inquiry and it is important to stress that any information that comes in that indicates otherwise is being checked out all the time negated as each inquiry comes up. We're not closed in any way to any particular line of inquiry and we remain genuinely open to that. All these extensive inquiries however have so far not found anything of note. Any indications of physical objects in the river such as natural debris, trees and the like, have been already identified by the original divers and discounted, so further sightings of that debris are only items that we already knew were on the riverbed or in the riverbank.
0: So there we are, that was the uh, press conference yesterday from Superbowl Riley. I've got Peter Falling now on the line. Unfortunately, he's got technical problems. He can't join us on video, but he is going to join us now on audio. Peter, thank you for joining me this is a a very difficult time for everybody just give us an update Mm. in terms of where you where you are with the search
2: so we've we came up here and we were tasked by the police to certain search specific areas Um, one being the weir from where where the mobile phone nicola's mobile phone was found down to the weir now this area had already been searched twice three times By police underwater search teams including the day she went missing and then we searched then up the river about another mile just up river to thoroughly clear that area and now I can be a hundred percent sure that that part of the river after all the searches is completely clear and no sign of Nicola. Now, the next area we searched was a, an area over the weir, which eventually leads into a sort of a tidal area. Down there, there are various areas of bits of reeds and things where a body could potentially get lodged. But obviously, you can't pick that up on sonar, but there's not many. Um, so I'm quite happy that that area has been cleared as well. Further down from that bridge, that is now the police are searching that. we That is not our area to search. So we've come up to search and we've done everything we were tasked with thoroughly. And my team and I worked extremely hard um, for this family. And I'm happy that Nicola is not in the part of the river that we have searched.
0: Brilliant. Peter, the, just where the weir is, and, and we've seen pictures mm. of that weir, just beyond that, it <coughs> looks like there's, what, pebbles or stones. And, and looking at yeah. it, it seemed to be quite difficult how a body could progress beyond that.
2: Yeah, well, the ri- the river was a bit higher on the day. It was about a foot higher than it is now, Mark, um, slightly higher. And on the day, it was flowing over the weir. So there is a remote possibility, but I would say a big but here. Well, I, I threw a stick in the river today at the corner, a large stick. And although the river's not quite as high as it was on the day, the stick sort of done a circle, as you expect on a corner. And it went slightly upstream and it hovered around that area for 20 minutes. And it didn't move in 20 minutes. I actually videoed it. So um, that was an interesting point. And the area below the bank, on the steep bank, down is about now about a foot deep. And it's got lots of rocks on. So on a day, if you add a foot, you've got about realistic maximum, probably three feet of water at the bottom of the bank onto rocks. So that's, that's obviously... Nicola, if she had fallen in there, she would have hit rocks or she would have slid down, the st- stood on rocks. Um, Peter, so there was somewhere to purchase, yeah.
0: Peter, I've been on a number of searches with you for water when, yeah. sadly, you have recovered a body. Um, one of the things, obviously, when someone goes into the water is that once they've obviously drowned, that they will sink to the bottom initially and then they will come up. Just explain that to me.
2: Yeah, well, they generally, once they once they do drown, they usually go to the bottom and they stay on the bottom mark for a number of days, and they literally drag along the bottom. I'll be graphic about that. Their knuckles are often worn where they, they, they curl up and they just drag along the bottom in, in a faster-moving current. But most of the drownings we deal with each summer, we find them um, after one or two days, depends when we get called, because we find them quickly once we arrive. Um, are generally in the same place they went down. Now, when we recovered poor Ellis Downs in, in Oxfordshire, they searched for him for three days and there was no sign. They used sonar, they used everything, fire brigade cameras, the lot. I was then, we then arrived and I used the sonar and he was actually where he went down in the first place. He hadn't moved. So, and that was after three 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 and a half days. So there's there's lots of theories going around. I'm not going to comment on, you know, really. The, the, the only evidence that we've got is that at the moment that we, we are privy to and that's leading the search to the water is that Nicola's phone was found on the bench. It was still on, just finished, you know, there had been an earlier team school, excuse me, I've just eaten, and, um, and the dog harness in the, in the, in the vicinity as well. That's it. So that's what's led the police rightly to look at the river in the first place. But obviously, there's many inquiries going on, as you know, being an ex police officer in the background that we're not privy to.
0: Peter, how far is it if she were to travel down to the you know the estuary and the sea? That's some distance, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's a, it's miles, Mark. Yeah, it's a long way. It's miles. I'm I haven't been tasked with searching to the estuary, so that's the police are doing that area because. It's very tidal down there and it's it's a long way down before it, it opens up but also when the tide does go out um we were searching down towards that area that day and our boat got grounded we couldn't get right. back up again because the, we had to pull our boat up a steep bank we couldn't return on the sonar because the tide went out and it so yeah it's it's there's lots of snag hazards for a, for a body when the when it goes out. An inter- the body with
0: them. and interesting our viewers can see this as we show the drone footage but the the, the river does meander and it takes a left and a right yeah. sweep and, and of yes. course when you're looking yes. for bodies that and and we've done many searches together bodies tend to get caught up don't they in the you know the underground the, the trees or things that are sitting at the side
2: of well you yes you're, you're, you're right there mark we we have one in hawley in surrey and, and that was a lady and you know the first place i i pointed out said we put the we they were searching for for two days we come along and i walked down the river looked and on a corner under what we call a strainer under some reeds put the diver in and that's where she was Mm. so you 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 get an indication you know with experience where people are likely to go and yeah you're right there's lots of meandering parts of the river there's you know there's very few trees and things in this river it's not too bad it's quite it's reasonably clean there's a few snag hazards um, and reeds and things and that's another problem when people get lodged in reeds but with a, with a heavy current they will be moved out generally on a, on a flooding tide.
0: Peter you've been in contact with the family in fact it's the family that very much asked you to come up and and you were very yeah you were very kindly offered your services and <coughs> your, your troops' <coughs> services. How are they?
2: Well I was with Paul and the um Nicola's sister and um you know, husband today and obviously extremely sad and upset and, and Paul wanted to have a look at the potential entry point, you know, where the phone was found. And um, I took him along and and that was quite emotional to be honest with you. You know, he's in tears. It's it's not a it's not a nice thing to do to sit with a sort of a, a grieving family really. It's mm. it's quite upsetting. And I had to sort of hold back the tears a bit at some stage. It was not it was not particularly not a thing I enjoy doing, but unfortunately I have to do it quite a lot um and we we chatted he was about here about four hours with me today uh because we we completed our searches so we were just generally chatting about things and you know about nicola and everything else and obviously that's that's personal thing but uh yeah, we're just trying to get to the bottom of everything, really, Mark. Like just these, I mean, it's,
0: they, it's unimaginable. We, we've, we've both dealt with families. I think one of the things I would yeah. say about you, Peter, is your compassion is knows no, no, no bounds. I mean, I, you know, I've worked very closely with you on a lot of high-profile cases, and the way that you re- interact with families is with utter respect and total dignity. Thank you, Mark. And Thank you. So with the family, and, and particularly with him, I mean, it it's every minute he's grasping at hope that that there'll be some news and of course day 12 now and we've not really had any news at all have we
2: no this is an unusual one i mean you know talk i'm with the police every day you know it's 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 a difficult one for them as well it's Mm. it's nobody knows where nicola is this is the problem we're in a very Awkward place, and like I said, for the family, it's terrible. You know, they just got night they just waited for a glimmer of hope, really, that maybe Nicola's still alive. You know, but unfortunately, no one's been able to deliver that good news.
0: No, and the sister, how's the how's her sister?
2: Well, very sad, as you'll appreciate, very sad, and uh, just doesn't know where her sister is. You know, this is the problem, but yeah. We had a a long chat. We sat there for a couple of hours today.
0: Peter, I have to say, and I did an introduction at the very beginning, I I can't thank you enough, and I know that uh, overwhelmingly the Mm. public thank you. There will always be people who are critical. There will always be people Mm. who think they can do the job better and and want to have a go. We've all been there, uh, and particularly when when you're under the media spotlight. But I would like to thank you Mm. for your work. Uh, I know how much it upsets you. When people are mm. horrible to you, and, and understandably so, but I would like to put on record mm. my thanks, and obviously the, uh, the large majority of the public's thanks for you and for your team to pull away from the mm. other work to go and do everything you can and you could have done mm. to try and help. So, thank you, Peter.
2: Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Have a safe thank trip. You very much.
0: Have a safe trip back, yep. and, and I will speak to you soon. Yep. Cool.
2: See you soon. Bye, bye, Mark. Take thank care. you. Bye-bye. Bye, Mark.
0: Well, that was. That was Peter Folding. Uh, as I say, a very close friend of mine. And, you know, it is very upsetting when he has faced the barrage of, of abuse and assaults that he has. But a very informative uh, conversation now. Obviously, he's been with the family over the last few days. He spent time with the partner today and you know they've obviously spoken in some detail with regards to the possibilities of what could and couldn't happen uh, and also spent time with the sister it's an unimaginable time for them i've sadly spent so much time with family members who have been through such grief uh, and you know every hour they cling to hope but obviously as hours go by and they turn into days that hope becomes harder you know the longer they stay away uh, and And as the searches, of course, start to come to an end in relation to the river, that theory, and it is only a theory, it's a theory unsupported by any evidence, but it's a theory brought about because she's vanished and vanished by water. And a natural opinion would, of course, be she must have fallen into the water. But as we heard in the press conference yesterday, and I'm just going to play you another clip from that press conference, but as we heard from the press conference yesterday, they have spoken to you know, over 500 lines of inquiry that are ongoing. And they've spoken to and appealed to a lot of drivers. Let's just play that footage now from Superintendent Riley when she talks about the appeal for 700 drivers dash camp.
1: We know that Nicola was last seen on the upper field next to the River Wire here in St. Michael's at 9.10. She had taken her spaniel willow out for a walk, And CCTV that we've looked at shows that Nicola did not leave either the allotment lane exit of that Riverside area, nor the Rowan Water Caravan Park, which has been discounted, nor any of the other locked or uh, areas covered by CCTV. As I said Friday, this only leaves path along Garstang Lane onto the A586 which is not covered by CCTV but the more of those 700 or so vehicle drivers that we can identify and who can confirm that they have neither CCTV sorry dash cam footage or saw anything on that morning will help us to close that very small gap and we've now identified around 700 vehicles that drove through the village on that Hi. morning on the 27th of January at around 9:10, 9:15. And we're in the process of speaking to all of those drivers to try and find out if they have any dash cam footage, what they saw on that day, or anything else that may be of value to the police inquiry. But a number of vehicles have already submitted dash cam footage. We know that around that number passed through the village that morning. Clearly not everyone has dash cam footage. So uh, it's information is coming in in literally by the hundreds, if not thousands, almost every day. And therefore it will take us some time to wade through that information. Well, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not going to talk about um, sort of how uh, that those vehicles have been identified. But suffice to say, we have identified them. We are in the process of writing to all of them to ask them to come forward and either confirm or, or negate whether they have anything that they could help us with. That's not
2: being done door to door,
1: Well, on. clearly not all drivers are local. So mm-hmm. we are writing to all those who aren't in the local area. But as I said before, extensive house to house has been done. So if they're in the village, they will have been spoken to. Thank
2: you. you say that because nothing has been found in the river after not been that neglected and entered the water in the same because nobody's seen her leaving this glass lane entrance or exit
3: doesn't mean that she couldn't have. Is there any chance that Nicola could have left by that way, either by herself or with somebody else?
1: Yes, that is a possibility, but that's why we appeal for drivers to come forward to try and close off that avenue or to at least explain and negate any sightings on that lane. Mm-hmm. Um, the lane between uh, the Riverside on Garstein Lane onto the A586 isn't long. People may have forgotten, they may have been away on holiday and missed much of this publicity. So if that is you and you've returned from holiday or returned from an absence uh, and this, uh, this incident has sort of largely passed you by till now, I would ask you to think back to Friday the 27th and whether you were on Garstand Lane and help us exactly close that gap.
0: Thanks. So that was Superintendent Riley talking about the dash cam footage and the appeal for drivers of which they are still trying to to, um, get further information from potential witnesses. And of course, that's really significant because it's the one area where there isn't CCTV and that potentially she could have exited from. So we've got lots of questions coming in. Obviously, we have to be very careful in terms of the ones we answer. But Jamil, you've been looking through the questions we've been pretty inundated with. And Jamil, just give us uh, some of the top Perhaps
3: three or four. Hi, Mark. Yeah, lots of positive comments uh, towards Peter. Thank you, Peter, uh, and and team for amazing efforts. Uh, sorry about the horrible tr- trolls. Um, yeah, P- Peter is a hero. Lots of positive comments. Uh, people are also quite critical of the of the police and uh, what they've had to say so far. Um, in terms of questions. Uh, just, just having a look through. Peter should have been called in on day two. Um, damage limitation mode now by the police as they have uh, fooled uh, fooled up and they uh, they know it. OK, so uh, um, I mean, I think one it, question from the one face, Facebook. Uh, do you think now that the police will be pursuing strong lines other than that uh, of the river?
0: I, I think there's going to get to a point where, of course, they're going to say that we can't find her in the river and we've ruled the river out as being her being in the river now. Uh, of course, what's still open to them is their, their theory that she went into the river and she went so far downstream and she ended up uh, in the, you know, the sea, the estuary. I think the problem with that is it is many, many miles away. And would she have been seen floating down the river uh, between the distance of where the the bench was down to the sea and the estuary? I think the answer to that would be yes. And of course, she hasn't yet been sighted. So I think the reality of her leaving that area uh, to travel in this in, in the river all the way down to the sea and the estuary, I think, is unlikely. So if she isn't within the proximity of the area that's been searched and she isn't in the area that's been searched by uh, Peter and his team, there are still areas ongoing. The police have been very clear today to say that this search in the water is not completed. So they are still continuing that. And of course, they may well have searched downstream and we know they have. But what about upstream? And, And I've raised this as an issue yesterday that potentially, of course, the mobile phone on the bench, could have been put there by a walker. Could have simply been picked it up. I've dealt with cases before where you know an, an item, a rucksack, has been really significant because it belonged to the victim, but it's been moved, uh, and it was a you know it was oh, put the police off because they thought well, why is it here? But actually, the reality is it's been picked up by a member of the public and innocently put onto you know a, a bench or a, a wall, uh, and this may well be what had happened with the mobile phone. Of course, we don't know that. Uh, whilst it's an important location, I think one's also got to be very open and potentially consider the possibility that she could have gone into the water further upstream. You know that 10 minutes of window of opportunity, which the police say that she's unaccounted for, you can travel some distance on foot in 10 minutes. So that could take her quite some way upstream. Uh, but so they will be searching that. What they need to do, obviously, is eliminate it. In its entirety that she isn't in that water and they're doing that obviously through their own sonar equipment it's not as good as pete's i can tell you that because i've worked with police forces who have different sonar equipment it's not as good as pete's but it will do a similar job uh, but not as quick and not as effectively uh, and of course, their own frog team, their own search uh, divers, and their search divers. We know were in that water in the uh, very early days, on day one, the area by the bench. The police put divers in there, but she wasn't in there. So, I think as days go by, we're now you know so well into you know, the second week, we're in a position now where we are. That her likelihood of being in the water is diminishing as days go by but then of course what's the other options well there are only a, only are two other options and that is that she left her her own free will she something happened in her life you know, people do go missing people do go missing they leave their families uh, and move on because something critical has happened in their life or they've reached a point in their life where they need some time away um and i've known people who have left partners left children left jobs and houses and and moved um that is one possibility there's no evidence to support that at all and of course the other option is a third party involvement in a you're in a sinister way but again no evidence to support that but all three have to be on the table and i say that because there is also no evidence to support that she's gone in the water it might be a positive theory in so much as she's there waters there vanished but in reality if you look at evidence based uh, investigation all three have to still be on the table because there is nothing to give evidence to point to one way or the other um, and i you know there are crimes out there that get co- that committed that there isn't any evidence for for a long time they just simply vanished and it does happen you know it gets harder and harder but hopefully over the forthcoming days we've heard that the police have had have got over 500 lines of inquiry that are currently being pursued by their detectives uh, and officers. So that's an extensive amount of inquiries that are still being pursued. And, of course, the public are crucial in this case. The public give us information in terms of what's coming coming down the line and being reported upon. But what's the impact on the family, the family and friends? Massive. We heard from Peter, who was telling us the impact on the partner and the impact on... um, Nicola's sister, he has spent time with them over the last few days. But let's hear from a friend, Heather Gibbons, who talks in relation to the impact that it's had on her and what she's hopeful for.
3: The truth is, if we look at it, factually nobody knows until there is some evidence um, i know that the family are massively appreciative of all the police have done um, i think as family and friends the way we're looking at it is between peter and his team and the police we feel we've got the best of the best on that water and hopefully it will either be it'll be a conclusion one way or the other and um, and if you find nothing then maybe it's time to start looking down at the avenues
0: is there anything else you'd like to ask so jamil before we move on to the next clip have we got any more questions coming in
3: Yes, uh, we have a question from Josh Baker uh, on YouTube who says, "What I don't understand is why the police have ruled out a crime. There's a ten-minute gap from when her phone was logged into the conference and then left at nine thirty. There's a ten-minute gap where no one, um, no one knows what happened. I'm guessing."
0: Yeah, I think it would I think it'd be wrong to say the police have ruled out uh, crime as a potential. What they're saying is that they believe she's walked in, got into the water. They are saying that there's no evidence to support the third party involvement. But the very fact that this is being looked into by detectives, there's a senior investigating officer overseeing this. She's the face of the media. She's not leading this investigation. It's being led by a senior investigating officer. And she herself has been very clear, and let's look at that clip from the press conference yesterday where she talks about criminal lines are still being looked into?
1: As I said before, we will not be conducting all elements of the investigation in the public eye. You would not expect us to. That would not be the normal uh, way things are done anyway. But I would like to reassure the community that nothing in this investigation so far, it has been checked out. If it's come into it suggesting crime, it has been checked out and discounted. So every single potential third party line of inquiry, any potential suspicious or criminal element has been looked at and discounted. Now, people who observe and make comment on it in the media, um, even if they have experience of policing, clearly are not in the inquiry team and will not be privy to all of that. But the fact that the National Crime Agency peer review has um absolutely um, wholeheartedly um, not identified any other line of inquiry that we have not already started looking at or completed should give reassurance to the wider public.
0: I think one of the things that's very clear when you have a major investigation and particularly one that attracts the sheer scale of media attention that this one has is that you get inundated with an instant room with people who contact you to provide uh, information now they have to sift through all of that and, and whilst there is a triage in pr- in that stage of the instant room some of those things sometimes just slip through but they have to go through a process and sometimes that takes days before it, they get to the top of the list to be looked at so when you get inundated with information of course it's very positive because you know amongst that could be the golden nugget it does take time to progress and go through that and and therefore. As Superintendent Riley says, you know they are going through that process. It is really, at the present moment in time, a mystery. Now, of course, people can't just vanish. Something has to have happened to them. They are still very focused on the fact that she fell into the water. Um, But, of course, evidence isn't supporting that. But neither is it supporting anything else. And I think that's where they find themselves. Uh, There comes a point where the police will scale things down. That's not at that point yet. They still haven't finished searching the water, but there will be a point where they have to say what else is coming in to the instant room. But they've still got lines of inquiry. You can, you've heard in relation to the 700 vehicles. They're still obviously looking to try and trace all of them and they won't close it down until they get uh, all those elements. One thing they have done is they've warned the public to please, please refrain from guessing more so Being critical of the family, you know, guesses are fine. You know, the Miss Marples out there, the, you know, the hypothesis, indeed they come up with hypotheses. Those are fine. But it's when you start accusing other people, suggesting other people, that, of course, is very harmful. And what we do know, of course, in relation to these investigations, is the family watched the media. family will read the newspapers they'll be following the stories as they come forward uh, in all the broadcasts so it's really important we're very sensitive in terms of how how we deal with that and sensitive in terms we how we report that jamil before we we push uh towards the end of this broadcast is there any other questions that come in yep um we've
3: got a question here that says um again another another comment that's quite critical of the police why the police uh, why have the police n- uh, not cordoned off the bench area to take evidence? Why are they not taking this seriously? Uh, this could have been a crime.
0: Okay, so we know that on the day that uh, Nicola went missing, they did close that area off. There was there was tape around there. There was police around there. There was no access to the public to that area. They have done their forensic examination of that area. And they have felt that they have secured that area or any forensics within that area sufficient enough that there isn't anything else to be gained there. And therefore, they've opened it up. It's a public location. And of course, they will want to be releasing that to the public as quickly as possible. So once they've secured the evidence there, which they believe they have, they've then opened it up to the public. So those pictures we've seen of people walking around the area. You can see on this shot now the tree by the bench. That's been released now because they feel that they've sufficiently secured evidence from the scene and now public can walk around there.
3: Anything else, Jamil? Um, that's all the comments for now.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you uh, for joining us. We will keep you updated in relation to what's going on. Please follow our feeds, both in terms of social media and, of course, on this channel itself. We will keep you updated. Uh, with any developments that we get uh, and any information that comes into us. So thank you uh, for following us. Thank you, Jamil. Thank you, Jody. And, of course, my thanks to Peter Folding and the work of his
2: excellent team. And I think we should be very grateful for their work. Thank you and good night.